0: Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On the Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning, welcome to On the Pace on a Tuesday morning for those of you heading back to work. My condolences for that, but let's hope everybody stays safe and we'll try and find you a winner or two over the next week or so to ease the pain. Back at Monangle on a Tuesday afternoon this afternoon, the usual Tuesday afternoon at Monangle. First race there goes at 2.22. We have a later start because we only have the six races coming up today. A man who has a hand in a few of those is Blake Fitzpatrick. Blake, happy new year and thank you for taking the time to talk to us, mate. No, not a problem, mate. Good morning. Mate, you got a, a debutante in the first. Day. Now Dance Secrets making its debut and it's up against horses like Scenic Sky, who have won a whole bunch of races, in fact thirteen races. So tough race to make your debut. How does Dance Secret go?
1: Um, think he's a horse with ability, he's he's trailed a fortnight ago at Manangle was quite good and um yeah, he's shown more than enough promise at home. So I expect him to run a good race today, but as you say he's he's only a maiden or well, a debutant giving away a lot of race experience to um a number of horses in that field today so it does make things a little bit tricky and coming up with barrier ones probably not ideal for a horse like him going into t- today but yeah i expect him to run a good race anyway
0: nick Mate, it's a tricky one, isn't it, Barrier One, because uh, they want to race the horses outside them, and with the trotters, that means they can run out of their gear, or if you don't race the horses outside you, you end up losing that advantage of Barrier One, and all of a sudden you could be behind a horse like Phoenix Sky, who's on all those races.
1: Yeah, it's right, Nick, and he's, st- he's a horse that's still learning his craft and hasn't quite developed enough gate speed to um, put himself in a prominent position today, but yeah, I I think he'll he should be safe away, Mick, and if he can settle two or three fence I'll be I'll be happy with that and he'll definitely be finishing off.
0: Mate, is he the type of horse Blake we would expect to do a job over a period of time?
1: I think so, Mick. He's taken quite a while for me to straighten him out. He's a horse that's fully pacing bred and but his whole life all he's wanted to do is trot, so taking me longer than most to get him trotting confidently enough to get him through the races, but now he's there. He's, his work at home definitely improved over the last month. So, yeah, he'll be a horse that does a good job on a Tuesday afternoon, Next,
0: Mate, in the second on the card, you're driving uh, Lord Loki for, for Troy Williams. Um It's a bit hit and miss. Obviously, a win five starts ago, then an eight, then an eight, then a win two starts ago, then an eight. So is it a case that when the better version of him turns up, he can win, but if he's going to miss it, he can miss it pretty bad?
1: Yeah, Mick, he's a horse that, the two races he's won have been, both times he's done everything right, he's a horse that's fractious in the score up, and I've driven him on four occasions, and two of those he's missed the score up completely and just taken no part, so I know Troy's making a gear change today, he's in the open bridle, and should be a more relaxed horse, and he should go away from barrier 10 today, Mick, and the horse has got more than enough ability, and He's not out of that race today at all, even though he's drawn poorly.
0: Actually, Blake, I thought it wasn't a bad race. I mean, obviously, he's got the disadvantage of being out of the draw, so therefore, as a rating 58, he's drawn outside horses with higher ratings. But yes, the couple here go pretty good. Simone de Bois, Foxtrot Hill, Bacardi Barmaid, and, of course, Colt Sovereign has been going around and doing the job for a long time. So it's it's quite a tricky field, I thought, for this grade on a Tuesday afternoon.
1: Yeah, definitely, Mick. um hopefully there's plenty of speed on which will suit Lord Loki and yeah, he's impressed me on both occasions, he's won when I've driven him and yeah, I still think if they do go hard up front he'd be a horse that's definitely finishing off late.
0: Mate, you're driving Major Mai, who also gets barrier one and the third on the card, but been a long time out of the winner circle.
1: Yeah, she has. She's um, a mare that showed ability ability early on in her career and then just slightly lost the way, but um Barrier 1 obviously helps today. She's in a fairly tough field with some handy horses going out wide. But, yeah, from Barrier 1, she should be able to put herself in a spot and get a chance.
0: Thought a horse would be hard to beat today, mate, would be War's Firebug. Peter Hanson doesn't have a big team, but he seems to do a really good job with them. You've got the outside barrier, but it's only a seven-horse field. So I thought the Ann Morris... It would be hard to beat, but I I thought you're probably in the right race with a horse who's fresh up today, so do you think he will be fit enough to take advantage of it?
1: I think so, Mick. Um, Peter Hansen's a really good trainer, and he normally has them ready first up, so she's wild firebugs a mare that's done a really good job here in Australia and raced at a fairly good level the whole time, and like you said, although she's drawn poorly today, the small field does suit her, and she's another horse that gets back and... And does rely on tempo to some degree, but um, yeah, with the small fields, she shouldn't be too far from them. And as you stated, the mayor of Kerry, Anne Morris's Morris and Bunsky Bell, looks well graded from a good draw, but yeah, hopefully we're not too far from her.
0: Mate, do you find in the small fields at Manangle, we don't often get seven horse fields at Manangle, do you find that tempo can go out of the race, particularly in a race like this where you've got two stable mates in there? Do you find those races where the horses are less likely to move and power up, and therefore the tempo could play against you?
1: Yeah, absolutely, miss, They can be, and I know as a driver, they're by far the hardest to drive in. And um, yeah, sometimes, as you said, they don't pan out the way most people expect.
0: Like you're driving one of the old performers of New South Wales harness racing, and Magic Oats and the Claimer. Um, <laughs> A wonderful old horses, these claimers, the way they just rock up every week and have a crack. He's won two of his last three. Not an easy draw and I find with the claiming races, Blake, I'll be honest with you, I can't make any sense of them. Some weeks they turn up and go super, other weeks it's a completely different type of race. It's almost like they take turns and I don't mean the drivers, I mean the horses. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: they they can be tricky races, Nick, and a lot of them, there's not a lot between these old horses. Most of them being a, Most of them have been great horses throughout their career and a lot of it comes down to barrier draws. And as you said, Magic Oats is in really good form at the moment. He's won two of his last three, and he's run two, start, oh, two weeks ago. It was actually really good. He made ground in a slowly run race. So he's another horse that gets back and very much relies on tempo. But, yeah, I've, I know he's in probably the best form he's been in for a long time. So he'll, he'll run you a really good race.
0: Mate, where's my old mate, Jamondi, got to? He had a really, really good three-year-old year and a very tough three-year-old crop. I presume it's going to be hard to turn him around and put him straight into open-class races, but what's the plan with him? Yeah, like you said, it will be tough. We're just going to have to guide him or slowly
1: ease him into Saturday night grade here at Manangle, but he's working up really well, Mick, and probably about a fortnight off trialling, so he won't be too long in the back of the races. <laughs>
0: Like I've asked several New South Wales trainers what they make of the change to a calendar year for the racing season, Jan 1, into December 31. Are you happy enough with it?
1: Yeah, Mick, I think it, it will work. Obviously, I think this year will be the, the hardest, just adjusting everything, considering that we've got it from September to September every year for forever. So, um, yeah, I think this, First season will be the trickiest, but I can't see it being a problem, Nick, at all, really. And I think it'll be beneficial for the two-year-old. We won't be rushing them as much early, and they'll be getting to the races, and they're more mature. So, yeah, I think it'll be a good one.
0: But With the pacing horses, a lot of them, they're two-year-olds, and even the early season, three-year-olds after the big juvenile season. They sort of have no choice, Blake, but if they want to lace in the Derbys or they want to go to the Bathurst for the for the Crown or the Tiara, they've sort of got to be up and going pretty shortly. What about the Trotters? Is the money big enough for your young Trotters, whether they're two or three, to say, well, OK, we'll, we'll be up and running early? Or with the Trotters, because they take so much more working out and the fact that the derbies are not going to be in March, like the pacing Derby are, do you see you leaving your younger Trotters out for longer?
1: Yeah, definitely, Nick. Um, the prize money-wise for the juvenile trotters in New South Wales, it isn't probably enough to be rushing them, getting them ready for it. So the way I use it is as a, is an um, education process for my young trotters and if they're natural enough and they're ready at two, I will race them. But if they're not, I won't push them and I'll put them away and bring them back to the three-year-old you where know, the better money is in them derbies and oaks and, um, yeah, the big bread sides and things like that, Nick. So. Yeah, that's the way we've used statistics here for a number of years.
0: Mate, you managed to trifecta the two year old New South Wales final this year on your home track at menangle Who's the better of those three horses? Who's the one who's gonna turn out to be your Oaks or Derby horse heading into two thousand and twenty one? Um I still like on
1: advice he was a highly strung two year old, Nick, but yeah, this preparation is a lot more mature and a lot more settled. So, And he has high speed, which, as you know, will take a trotter a long way, Nick. So, yeah, he's still definitely a horse to follow.
0: Mate, the sales are just around the corner. We've got two sales companies now on play in Australian Harness Racing. Are you in a situation where you go to the sales, Blake? Because obviously you've got a big family name, you've got an outstanding record as a trainer. Are you in a situation to go to the sales and buy horses? or for other people, or do you have to buy them on spec and try and sell them? And, and to be honest, has your barn got room for new people to come on board?
1: Yeah, we've, there's always room, Nick, for, for new clients in the stable, and most seasons we, we go to every sale, um, obviously, in New South Wales and Victoria, and as a rule, we normally buy on spec and then try and educate them after the sale. So, yeah, we'll be we'll be heading to, obviously, the both sales this year, the Australian pacing gold and the nutrient sales. So, yeah, it's exciting times for the industry.
0: That raises the question if, and we hope this isn't true, if the borders stay closed or they reclose and open again and all that sort of carry on, how confident would you be buying a horse online? Because we saw last year a couple of times, particularly with the New Zealand weanling sales. There were online sales where people could look at videos and then get people to bid either online or on the phone for them. Obviously, the New Zealand sales are somewhere you probably can't get to in February. Trainers have different opinions on that. How would you feel about it?
1: Um, I think I'd be hesitant, Nick, to be honest. I think I would prefer to actually see the horse in the flesh and and, go over the horse that way. But, yeah, obviously in these times, um, I mean, we've bought a number of tried horses online and things like that. Yeah,
0: as far as yearlings, I think I'd definitely prefer to see them in the flesh. All right, mate, what's the horse for our Sky Sport radio listeners to follow? Whether it's next week, next month, they can put it in their race tracker and look out for it, Blake. What's the horse you think you'll be driving or training who's going to pick up a win sometime shortly? Because, Blake, as you know, in January, that's when the credit card bills for Christmas turn up. So we're going to need some help.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have a horse he's actually trialling next week, so he should be racing in a fortnight's time. His name, Wow, he's a rock star. He had a couple of starts coming as a two-year-old, and yeah, he's quite a promising horse, Nick. So keep an eye out for him.
0: Blake, that's perfect. We'll chuck that in the race track and make good luck this afternoon. Well, before we let you go, what what's your best chance of a winner at Manangle today?
1: Uh, out of my book of dry stay, I'd probably say Wildfire, Firebug's my best year.
0: Mate, thanks for joining us, mate. Um, happy New Year to you and the family, and uh, we're hoping 2021 unleashes a good horse and some nice results for you, buddy. Yeah, that'll be great. Thanks, mate. That's Blake Fitzpatrick. He's suggesting his best drive of the day, race four, number seven, Waz Firebug at Menangal. We'll take a short break here on Sky Sport Radio, come back on the other side, and we're going to talk to the boss of Harness Racing New South Wales, John Dumas. Welcome back to On the Pace on a Tuesday morning, Michael Guerin, your host, through until eleven o'clock this morning. We just heard from Blake Fitzpatrick. If you missed that interview, he suggested Waas Firebug is his best coming out of Menangle this afternoon, where we have six races. Let's update you with the boss of Harness Racing New South Wales, John Dummersey, is on the phone. John, yesterday we had David Watson from Club Menangle on the phone. He admitted. And put a few kilos on over the Christmas New Year break. Are we talking to a bigger version of John Dummacy, or have you managed to control yourself?
2: No, I, I think I'm actually shrinking. Um, everyone around me thinks I'm much larger, including <laughs> Mr. Watson. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe it's all the stress of running harness racing during COVID, uh, John. Look, it's an interesting time because we've got some really cool developments those stakes increases, we've got regional racing with Group 1 races in it now, so there's lots of positives, but there's still some challenges. So let's get the elephant in the room out of the way. Um Greater Sydney, the metropolitan area, obviously it's it's risky with, with masks and the occasional reappearance of COVID. How's it affecting harness racing and what protocols are in place for harness racing around COVID?
2: Well, it's extremely difficult um, to make a judgment on some of um, these moves. Uh, The the wearing of masks uh, in the stabling areas uh, is compulsory um, across the state. Now, we talk about Greater Sydney and the impact here, but what we must remember is that people do travel to to Bathurst and to other areas for these race meetings. So we're just taking that extra precautionary um, level of... Uh, risk minimisation, you walk out of the stables, you can take your mask off. Uh, You walk back into the stables, you you put your mask back on. That seems a little bit, you know, beyond what is really comprehensible. But still, um, that's the measure we will take. We don't wish to move back into regionalisation. We're very um, mindful that the government could consider such a move. Um, When you look at Greater Sydney and and the latest uh, outbreak, um, albeit... um, uh, we've controlled it so far, or the government has controlled it. We just keep, hope they can keep on um, tracking the, um, the people that are carrying the virus down.
0: Okay, John, for people listening to this who are in the regions and they hear there's a race meeting on tomorrow night and they're thinking about taking the kids along, where do we stand with harness racing and crowds and public participation at the moment in New South Wales?
2: Uh, not an issue at all with attending race meetings. Uh, we 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 have segregated these stabling areas at um, Penrith, at Menangle and Newcastle away from the general public. But the rest of the, the industry, they they go along, they enjoy harness racing. Only thing is, if they enter the stabling areas, they should be wearing a mask, or they must be wearing a mask.
0: Mate, one of the things I've learned in the last ten or so months I've been doing this show is just how important the regions are to harness racing in New South Wales and the enormous pride in the regions about what they're able to achieve. When you look at that in the early part of 2021, we have a Newcastle Mile on February 19th. Obviously, we have the Bathurst Series coming up. We have a Riverina four- and five-year-old championship, and there's obviously the TRB Regional Championships, which were enormously successful last late May. Is that part of the plan heading forward? Is it, is it to, to strengthen and keep these group races in the regions to give people in New South Wales who can't get to Menangle a chance to see elite racing?
2: Absolutely, it is for the patrons but it's also for the people, the trainers, the owners in those areas that they have the advantage if there is such a thing, by these races being held on their home tracks or in, in their centres. So, Yes, the city trainers or the um, people from other areas may be able to take their horses there and compete but at least it's hometown and and as you correctly say the, the the people of the area the people of these cities and towns well they'll be able to go there and see the best quality racing there is but when we talk about those regional championships uh they were impacted by covid um last year we had we have a, a an approach that we're going to tribalise these races, and we want to fo- follow through with that in 2021, and that's why we've got that ultimate final. So um, we will be rolling out other um, bonuses, if that's the right way of putting it, for the local areas if their horses can carry through and win that ultimate final. We we want tribalism to be followed from region to region, and and have the pride of New South Wales as as the the title that they'll carry for a year.
0: Mate, recently Harness Racing New South Wales outlined a strategic plan to the stakeholders, and obviously it's available to anybody else as well. How's the feedback been? And particularly something I want to ask you about, an innovation group. So you've got a a group there where you want to say to people, we're going to make some change and we're open to change. How's the feedback been from the participants? Because obviously I've dealt with Harness Racing people a long time, John, and sometimes the feedback can, shall we say, be majority negative to almost everything.
2: Yeah, well, it's not in this case. Um, the feedback that we have received has been positive. There, there are one or two people that don't like a certain aspect of it, but it's been positive. But the three areas, sustain, enhance and innovate, they're all connected to one another. We, we, we talk about what we can do to increase wagering. We need to innovate in a lot of areas. And if we don't increase that, we can't sustain and enhance. So that's where we're going. But with that innovation group that we've announced, it's um, it's been really interesting. Um, I've already got four nominees to go on the innovation group, and it's only been out a week. Um, we're looking for positive people. Now we we look to change, but not for change's sake. We look to change to improve whatever the lot is that we can deliver to the harness racing industry. Prize money is is the very grass root um, growth of harness racing, but if we don't change uh, in some respects, and we're that staid old sport that many people refer to harness racing as trotting. We, we can't change. So it's great. Um, a couple of the... Uh, I received a, an email from a uh, stakeholder. Only yesterday, he started out with, well, John, we don't see to eye to eye on a lot of things. But with innovation, we all must see eye to eye and we must take it forward. But as I say, it's not just for the sake of change. It's for the benefit of the industry.
0: John, the Miracle Mile is now the only million-dollar race in Australasia, and that's the only thing even remotely close to a million dollars. Nothing else is probably close to half when you take the exchange rates between New Zealand and Australia. Is that a good thing? Is is it a case where it it needs to be the shining beacon for the industry, um, or do we need more of them, or should that money be distributed in different ways?
2: Well, we, we have different um, philosophies in each state. We believe in New South Wales as, as the premier state. We need that million-dollar race. We need to keep pace, um, not necessarily at the expense of anything, but we need to keep pace with the other codes of racing. Uh, Greyhounds have a million-dollar race. Uh, the Thoroughbreds have so many wonderful races, the Everest for one. But but the Miracle Mile is, is something that we've got established. Um, we, we have to keep supporting it. The inter Dominion will have that here in 2021. It has a set top prize money for the final at half a million dollars. But when you look at that as a series, there's closer to a million dollars distributed there. But the Miracle Mile is very important to New South Wales. It's in, a, in about its 54th running, so it has history on its side. Um, do we need to do more with the Miracle Mile? We always must look at the Miracle Mile because with the inter Dominion. With the Miracle Mile, we need these pinnacle events, as they do in other states. But it comes down to what those states can afford. And like I said, what the philosophy is of, of the of the jurisdiction, of the controlling body, of the participants. Do we need to fund more into grassroots levels? We just had. It's the highest grassroots level across Australia in, in New South Wales now. Um, so we've delivered there. Now we have looked at these other races, these regional Group 1 races, Miracle Mile, it is the pinnacle in New South Wales. We all may, always must keep a focus on that without losing sight of the other races.
0: John, we just had Blake Fitzpatrick uh, on the phone, and he was fantastic giving us a summary of where his stable's going and an today. But we also touched on the change of seasons from January 1 to December 31, starting just a few days ago. What do you think the impacts of that are going to be? Because I don't think a lot of people have sped up their brain enough to get their head around it, but I can sort of feel that some people may look, we'll get to the end of the season, which might be mid-December for feature racing, and then that's when they might spell their horses. So are we looking at potentially January ending up becoming the new September, which is when they used to spell their horses, or in fact, even if they were lucky enough, take a 10-day break from racing?
2: Well, we speculated on that all the way through. One of the big impacts that hit us uh, in 2020 was the extension of the season. In September, in October, we had just an abundance of horses. So, whether psychologically, uh, trainers said, Well, I've got an extra three or four months to win races with my two and three year olds, and they took it, or whether it was, Well, when is the end? And now it's hit them that these horses. Need a little bit of a break, so January may be the time that they take that break. I I must say it's a gamble in this respect. If I was taking a break, um, and I was a trainer who worked hard all year round, and they do—they're before daylight and well after dusk because we race at night—maybe they will be looking at the um, Christmas, New Year, early January period for having that break that they so so much need. So. It's it's something that we have to keep an eye on. Um, we, we also have a feel that there may be a slowdown in the middle of the year, in those colder months, where the better horses, because of the structure of the feature race calendar, the better horses may be raced early and raced late in the year. Uh, we're, we've, we've got a lot to learn about the change of racing season, and as we already know, uh, the idea was to move the races that were run you know, the Breeders' Challenge, the big the Bread, the Breeders' Crown, out of those lesser popular months of May, June, July, August into the warmer months, already Harness Racing Victoria have recognised that there's not much of a break between December 31 and when traditionally the Victorian derby would be run. So they've actually moved that into October. Which will um, will definitely uh, impact on the New South Wales Breeders' Challenge, but we have to work with that. And at the moment, we've got uh, we've got uh, the Breeders' Challenge conditions for 2021 out there for industry feedback. We'll we'll get a feeling of what the industry thinks about that move, but we must work with it because uh, we we can't diminish what we have with those great races, the derbies and the Oaks, by being a little bit selfish. So. In New South Wales, we'll work with it and see where we end up. But it's, um, it's something that we'll know more about, I would suggest, next year and the year after.
0: John, we've only got a minute left, and I really appreciate your time this morning. I know plenty of people aren't yet back at work, but obviously you are.
2: Uh, yes, um, there's no stopping <laughs> racing, and and, and, and they, they, so there shouldn't be. We've raced right through COVID. We have uh, Good Friday and Christmas Day off, racing across Australia and most states. Um, the, the staff here work so hard, and, and people don't realise that with a very thin staff, um, we've got so much to cover uh, with race meetings, and the tyranny of, tyranny of distance in New South Wales makes that difficult as well. But, but, but the horsemen, the participants... They're at it 24-7 like everyone else, and they need to be congratulated for the effort they put in.
0: John, I'm hoping we can all, from other states, if they're listening on the app around Australia, or even people from other countries, can get together on Miracle all Night, March 6th. I have no idea whether that's going to happen. One thing I do know is that the show goes on And it will be a great race night. John, thanks for taking time to talk to us this morning. Happy New Year. And we'll be getting you on for regular updates so people around New South Wales can can keep up with what's going on in their industry.
2: Same to you, Michael, and to all our participants, a successful New Year. Uh, With the positivity, we can take this um, great sport in New South Wales forward, and that's what we're looking for. Positivity, a bit of innovation, and enjoying the sport that we have.
0: Thanks, John. That's John Dumazy, the boss of Harness Racing New South Wales, and extended on the pace this morning, of course, because of some of the lack of pace meetings in New South Wales. But Harness Racing goes at 2.22 today. I'll be your host for On the Pace, Michael Gillen. We'll be back talking with you at 10.30 tomorrow morning.
2: On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report.